Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. So Dan, this is our draft preview show with one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business, Sportsology's Ross Cohen to discuss what the Islanders might do at 23, as well as some of the prospects that are already in their organization. And of course, I start off the interview asking the same question I've asked every time we've had Russ on for the draft, and this time is no different. But to players that had played with the Islanders last year, but not under contract for next year, Robert Leonard and Anders Lee, a little disconcerting that neither one have signed yet. And according to the Athletics, Arthur Staple, neither one are close right now. Yeah, it's a little concerning as we get to this point. Um, Look, most of it's probably posturing, and I'm sure that information was leaked by the players' agents on both sides um, to to get the the information out there that you know to try and maybe use this leverage um, because. Both of the contracts are, are becoming not, are, are difficult, not in the sense of I, I don't think the the cap hit, uh, the yearly value is, is the issue. I don't think the money is the issue. I think the term is the issue. Uh, I, I'm sure Lander's looking for probably a five-year deal, and it doesn't sound like the Islanders want to go that far. Maybe they maybe go four years. You know, um, I still think Lander's going to get hammered out, though. I really do. At the end of the day, I think it's a perfect match here. We've heard these stories about Bobrovsky. I don't I don't think they're true. I don't. I just don't think there's there's something there. Honestly, if that happened, I would not be happy. Not because Bobrovsky's not a great player. He's won two Vezinas, but 
he'll cost so much more. I don't want to give a thirty year old a thirty year old a seven year contract. So I do think at the end of the day, Laner will get done. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of the of the with the captain though because this is a very difficult contract. Uh, like I said, giving him seven million dollars a year or something in that neighborhood, not a problem. The problem is he's twenty nine. He's not fleet of foot. I'm sure he wants at least five or six years. This is his last big paycheck, probably. Um, he's he's an amazing captain. He is critical to that locker room. But at the same time, if you look at it a business as a business, he's one dimensional. He need he needs people around him, skill players, to get him the puck. Uh, so this is a real tough negotiation. The contract. At the end of the day, I still think this is going to get done too, but they might draw, you know, Lou might draw a line in the sand at some point. I honestly don't know what to make of either of them, but if you're asking me right now, I still think they're both going to get done, but I'm not as optimistic as I was a few weeks ago. You know, and it's funny because when Brock Nelson resigned, and I thought, I even tweeted out that they started with the most difficult negotiation and working their way up, and it turns out they started with the easiest one because they, yeah. they needed a center, it filled a void, and they got him lower than what he would have gotten on the open market. So they, they hammered that one out. The thing with Robin Leonard, I if it's five years, I think he can get five years on the open market. I do too. You know, he's young enough. He had a tremendous year. Um, he, it's not going to cost the team who signs him an arm and a leg. I mean, he'll probably no, get between I, I, four I, I, and yeah, five million. Four, yeah, four or so five million probably. I, I don't know if this is solely because Sorokin's come. you know, Possibly but coming. See, but they can't count on Sorokin. I, I totally agree. He's still they a year can't. away. He's not no signed. Idea right. what he, is. he he might have a career ending injury. He might end up resigning there. We don't know. He might be right. a bust. He might be Kevin Poulin. We don't know. Right. So you you have one year track record with Leonard here. Everything went well with the coaching staff. The fans absolutely adore him. He had a great year here. I I, I don't I don't see the problem. I really don't. I but ultimately I think it will get done. But it. Hopefully they'll get done before the NHL awards next week because it's going to be awkward. He's up there. Oh yeah, that's a good point, though. You know, that's ex- a great point. Accepting the Masterson because you know he's going to win that, and just, yeah, he's not going to win the Vezina, but he's he's going to be there. They're going to interview him. You know, thoughts about the contract, this and that, and it should be a celebratory night. Not this needs to get done before then. It if has this, to get if done. this isn't done before then, I don't think he's going to resign. No, it's it's perfect. He's going to be there with Trots. You know, they're, yeah. they're both going to get awards. I, yeah, I, I think, look terrible. Yeah, absolutely. The Andrews Lee one, I mean, it's it's tricky. See, this is a lot different than the John Tavares one because the Islanders did everything. They bent over the backwards to resign Tavares. He left. I think Lee wants to be here, but this is like he you does. said, is his last contract. I don't I don't blame any player for getting as much money as much term as possible. This is their careers. I I know fans. I used to be like, how how can a player do that? The loyalty and so this is a business. I have right. no problem with him doing that, but he's not going to get seven years on the open market. No, but he might get six. He might get six. Ultimately, I think Lou is going to budge and give him a six. I don't think you can give him six though. That's the I, problem. I, five for thirty-five is a perfect contract for him. I agree. But I, I don't know. Four I, for twenty. Four for twenty-eight would be better. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. I, that that would that would be you know godsend, but. They can't. You know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Nowhere. I won't fault Anders Lee if he decides I think I can get more money elsewhere, and I also won't fault the organization if they said, "Look, we cannot give a 29-year-old player who doesn't skate that well a five, a six-year deal." I, I won't. I, I I totally agree with you. I, I I totally agree with you there. But they can't open up training camp next year, or okay, even open up the season 
would say like Mike Smith in goal and Josh Bailey's the captain. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, the, it, it can't. the optics look bad. If your captain walks in, that looks bad. And Lehner wants to be here. It'll be a huge, usually players leaving, yeah, whatever. But he has made a connection with this fan base. It will be a huge punch in the gut to this fan base if he's not back. And even if he's replaced with Bobrovsky, it would still be a punch to, the punch to this fan base. Um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, obviously, look. We're being we're run by adults here. We're run by grownups now. So if these players aren't coming back, they're not going to be replaced with players from Bridgeport. They're going to be replaced with players from you know either trades or via free agency. I do believe I trust the process and I trust in Lou. Um, now with that being said, if you know we're, we're signing uh, Jason Spezza and uh, Mike Smith on July third, I might flip out. But as of right now, I, I trust the process and I still think this will get done. But I am. Not as I don't have the best feeling in the world right now. Does that no, make sense? It does. I, I trust Lou until he gives me a reason not to. Right. Um, like, for example, if you let Lee go and you go trade for Mike Hoffman, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's totally you know fine. What I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. It would be nice to have Lee and Hoffman. But sure, of course I, it would. Yeah, but if you're replacing that. them, if you're replacing them with players that you view as an upgrade, then I'm okay with that. But like I said, if you're just bringing in, if you're just going to bring in Tanner Fritz, then I, there's there's going to be problems. Right. Right, I mean, a one player who is off the market now, who the Islanders probably had an eye on with Chef Skinner, who got a nice contract, and what he deserved. I mean, nine nine year, not was eight year, seventy two million dollars. So he got the right. nine million dollar cap hit, and that's what the going rate was going to be. I know people were a little upset, you know, crazy about that, but that's a going rate for a forty goal scorer. Uh, that's a fair market value for him. Maybe, maybe it's a million too much. I don't know. I don't think it is. If you're Buffalo, you have to overpay a little bit to keep your players. I mean, if you, I saw a statistic that he was, since being drafted, he is 14th in the league in points scored, and now he is the 14th highest paid player in the league. So you know what? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So then, and People, it's not our money. Every contract that's signed is not terrible. There's natural inflation. Just because a player signs for $9 million, and he makes more than you know. Just because Skinner makes more than Sidney Crosby, that, that doesn't mean it's a bad contract. It's just a natural inflation of the process. Right, and plus Sidney Crosby chose to sign that contract. He could have gotten more. Yeah. You know? So, and, but although with that being said, there are still bad contracts get tossed around, but not oh, every course. one is bad. No, the Islanders have plenty of them on the team. So, it's, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, like you know, Andrew Ladd, where, where have you gone? But um, it's, I think that's a fear with Lee. I think that's the fear with Lee. That a lot of people have. It's like you don't want that to be a lag contract. But you, you know what? Like that, that summer, well, I guess it was summer of 2016, when basically yeah. every free agent signing was awful. When you had yeah, Louis, Ed, Louis Erickson, you had you know, Milan, Lucic, Oposo, Nielsen, uh, what's his name? Lad. None of them were good. So I think some teams are definitely going to be trigger, you know, gun shy about signing Lee to like a seven year deal. Right. Like I have no problem offering. You know, Panera in a max contract. You know, I mean, someone like that. But it's this is this is a very this is gonna be a very nuanced deal, a very delicate. That's the better word. A delicate negotiation. Right, and I'm like, the more it goes on, I'm thinking that Panarin is not gonna come here. I I, I just well, have a gut feeling. I, I I think he's gonna end up in Florida. That's a perfect spot for him. You think he goes to the Florida over the Rangers? Yes. Why? Why? I guess is my question. Although uh, I think Florida's a better team. I'll, I'll give you three reasons. You gave me one. Better team, no sales Joel tax. Quenville. Joel Quenville. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't understand why he would go to a team that's still rebuilt, rebuilding. I mean, given if they get Cabo Caco 
and you have Panarin. That's yeah, too but, deadly he, I think, I but think if he really wants to play in New York, and McKenzie has reported that he wants to play in New York, not necessarily which team in New York, if he wants to play in New York, then obviously he would choose the Islanders because they're closer to becoming a winner. True. True. They're, I, but they're just, I mean, it's just a better team right now. I don't know. A lot can happen. And, well, we're gonna, I think we'll have. Uh, I think by the awards and by the draft, we'll have a, a better idea what this is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. And a little bit of roster news, mainly for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Their backup goalie last year, Jeremy Smith, signed in the KHL, so that leaves a spot open for Linus Soderstrom, who Arthur Stable reported is going to be at the prospects camp. I guess he's healthy and he's ready to go. They already burned one year of his entry level contract last year of him not playing, so. We'll see if he's ready to go. They have Christopher Gibson. Jeremy Smith, inconsistent goaltender. He was an AHL goalie of the month, I believe, for January. He had a fantastic run there. But, you know, a career AHL goalie moving on to uh, Russia now. Yeah, so we get to get a lot of strumming, get him reps, get him used to the North American game, get a year of development under under, under his belt, get him back on track after all those injuries. And you, I think by the end of this year, you'll have a, you might have a little better idea of what you have with him because he has talent. Yeah, he does. He does, and we'll see what happens there. And then the fourth period was reporting that the honors were shopping both Nick Letty and Thomas Hickey. Both those guys are very, very team-friendly contracts, which makes it very attractive for teams you know, to trade for them. Right, I think Letty can get you back one of the forwards that you need in the top six, and then Hickey would create – moving Hickey won't get you much, but maybe just a draft pick, but it creates a roster spot that you can either use for either Dobson or Ajo. Right, or – I mean, potentially both, but I would like to – Maybe bring in another veteran defenseman to replace him, you know, because then you have a lot of young defensemen with Nick, uh, with Johnny Boychuk. Who I, mean, I, I, I think I think at this point, Pollock and Pellick are battle tested. I don't consider them kids anymore. Um, no, that's your top pairing now. That's your top pairing, and Taze, I a full season with Taze out there, and then Mayfield. I mean, it's yeah. If you, I, I, you I can go to war with it, but... in, yeah. Bringing in another defenseman would, would be yeah. I could see that, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not saying you know Lucas Spieza or another year of Dennis Eidenberg, you know, no, no, warming no, up, no, but just, you know, uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But uh, no, at, I, I don't, he's not available. But someone like an Ian Cole, it, yeah, it, or it, a Roman Polak, just a, ve- a veteran present defenseman. I get it. Yeah. Right. Didn't Roman Polak he just sign, right? He just resigned, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, because he's definitely someone they could have targeted. But he just someone like that, just a stable bottom pairing present, veteran presence. Yeah, and, and those guys are always around. You know, the, the owners usually bring them in anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, right? Bring in Dennis Seidenberg. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, wait. Breaking news now. Um, Alex Morgan just scored again. Oh god, that, that's yeah. Oof, poor Thailand. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> but I mean, that's you know, that's the breaks. You know, some of these matchups are you know unfavorable, but. You're not kind of a mercy rule. Yeah. Thailand was actually relegated during the 47th minute. <laughs> and I thought my son's soccer team was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. But um, after the break, Russ Cohen. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. 
Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And joining us now is Russ Cohen from Sportsology to break down the draft. Russ, how's it going? Good, Noel. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Dan. Hey, uh, so yeah, we, we have you on every year for the draft, and Noel always asks the same question, so I'll let, I'll let him start off. Noel, ask him the question we ask every year for our draft preview. <laughs> Why, thank you, Dan. Uh, so, Russ, um, will the Islanders be making this pick in number 23? They will make the pick. They will step up to the podium. They'll make the pick. I, I just don't think there's enough equity in the pick itself to trade it for something that they need, or I don't think they'll throw it in because I, I while they did a nice job last year, they still really need to build their system. So take the pick, get the system, get the, get the player in the system. Yeah, and thanks to our good friend Garth Snow, they are missing a third and fourth round this year. So another good reason why they should make this pick. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so now, who can we expect uh, players of value to be there in the mid twenties? Um, there is a de- definite organizational hole at center, um, not so much at the NHL level, but throughout the system. Bridgeport's thin at center. Outside of Kovala, they don't have a lot of centers in their organization. Is there someone there that you think that could step in and become one of their better prospects in the pipeline? Well, there's a couple of ways they could go. Uh, if Ryan Suzuki were there, that would that would be great. But that's that's a coin flip. He probably won't be. And you know, he's the brother of Nick. And so let, let's assume he won't be there. They could. John Beecher is a guy who who I really like. I I interviewed him. He plays for the NTDP. He's a big kid. 6'3"-ish, fast. He's not going to be the highest of high skill guys, but he definitely will get some hardworking points. There's a lot of, like, qualities of, like, Brock Nelson, but much faster. You know, different, a little bit different player, but but point-wise, could be in that ballpark. I think they might go for him if if they want to go center, because he would be the next best center on the board, even though he's expected to go in the second round. So, I could see him going Beecher just, you know, picks early. Like, just do it. Other teams have been doing that lately at drafts, and you know what? It's not a bad move for them either. Yeah, they're, they're pretty stocked at defense in the organization. They're very, very thin also at winger. I mean, they have Kiefer Bellows and they have Oliver Wallstrom. So what what about a player who may or may not be there in Bobby Brink? Yeah, Brink won't be there. Brink... I mean, I have Brink at 16 on sportsology.com just as a ranking, and and I think he could possibly go higher than that even in the in, in the drafting part. So I, I I think he's probably gone by 13, 14. Who do you think could be there uh, at wing, you know, for the wing position, either left or right wing, in, in the mid-20s that might be able to help? Because the, uh, the, the my the my we saw your rankings and usually your mock rankings usually there's some uh, we we always we love your rankings but other rankings are all over the board this this year once you get outside the top even after like three or four oh yeah yeah there's no question and that's why I don't do mock drafts anymore they're just they're they're crazy I, I like rankings because at least over time you can just sort of see where a player falls uh, winger there there could be some choices and could be some high end choices 
if Rafael Lavoie were to fall, he yes. plays yep. for Halifax, that would be a tremendous pick. Or even if they wanted to add a little currency and move up and, and get him from another team if they feel like he won't make it to them, that's a hell of a pick because this guy's got great hands. He uh, he does have a bit of an attitude, though. I interviewed him. He was the last interview of mine at the Combine, and, and it wasn't like he wanted to get out of there. He just, you know, he, he, he's a little bit set in his ways in the in the sense that he knows what he wants to do, knows who he wants to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's honestly nothing wrong with that. It was just one of those things. But he does have great hands. He is going to work on his speed and strength, and and that would be one guy. Uh, if things over, you could go with uh, Arthur Kaliev, who he's a, he's a top-notch goal scorer, and he does have a physical side. He has to work on his skating. And so we'll see what that would produce over time. So that one... At 23, you're taking a little bit of a risk for a potential big goal scorer. But I will tell you, I think they might be better getting the center here because you're not going to be able to get a great center in the second round. I mean, you can get one, right? But there's going to be guys that it's going to take a long time to develop if they ever get there. They could do Judd Caulfield in the second round. He, he played third line for the NTDP. I saw him with a bunch of different line mates. I like him. I like the speed. He's 6'3", 204 with speed. And so, you know, if you got got him and you got Beecher, who, you know, both are teammates, you got them both in the system with size and speed on the wing, that goes a long way. Now, do you think – sorry, Dan. Uh, do you, no, it's good. Go no. Do you think they'll kind of go out of left field and take, say, Spencer Knight? I mean, I know they have – Ilya Sorokin, but he, you know, it's not signed, so he's not in their picture right now. Linus Sadas from missed all of last year, so he's not a factor. And we all know that Robin Leonard is not signed yet, so there's really no goalie of the future, so to, so to speak. Do you think they would take a chance with Spencer Knight? I, I think there's a chance of that. I, I think he might go earlier to Calgary, but right. if he were there at, at 23, that would be a hell of a uh, conundrum. I would take him because I, I I do think he'll be a number one. He's gonna. I'm actually writing about him now for uh, another website. He's gonna go to Boston College. Uh, he's a big kid. He's really strong. At the combine, he impressed people the way Mackenzie Blackwood impressed him with the long jump. But he also um, he's he's just got a great glove hand. The way he hugs the post. He doesn't have a big five hole for a uh, for a big guy. I take him because. Yeah, Sorokin, you think will come over. You never know. Uh, Leonard, they're having trouble not hanging out that term because he wants more term, I think, than the Islanders want to give. So he may look on the free agent market before he decides. You know, you get Knight. He doesn't cost you anything because he stays in college maybe for two years, and then you could worry about signing him to an ELC. So he, he could be a nice way to bridge the gap there. Yeah, I usually don't advocate drafting goalies in the first round, but this kid looks different. He looks like definitely looks like someone uh, who could be a, a number one starting goalie, potentially a franchise goalie. And like you said, the great thing about it is he's committed to Boston College. You you uh, you draft him and you just let him go for a couple of years and you bring yeah him you're, for, yeah no worries yeah no worries at all there. Nope. No rush to sign him. Nothing. Yeah. So I just want to talk about a couple of players who were drafted last year by the Islanders. Uh, Noah Dobson, who won a second straight Memorial Cup. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get every opportunity to make the team out of camp. Looks like they're trying to 
move Letty and even Hickey, maybe even open up the spot for Dobson with a ridiculous Canadian rule where we would have to go back to juniors. Um, what do you think his chances are making the team next year? I mean, I'll give him 40% only because I think the strength's not there yet. Everything else is there. He's a terrific skater. He's smart. He, he just keeps the puck moving in the offensive zone. He'll keep it. He's one of those guys that can make great saves at the blue line to keep the puck in the offensive zone. He has a really nice shot. He's one of those guys you look up and he has a couple points at the end of a game. Really, really good defender. Uh, I just, I would like to see him get one more year of strength. Even if it means sending him back to junior, so be it. But I know the Islanders are sort of in this spot where they're going to give him a long look. That's good. Maybe, you know, maybe Trotz will put him with a veteran and, and it'll work out. That's, I, I'd say there's a chance of that. Now, how about uh, also a uh, second-round pick from last year, uh, Bodie Wild, who is AHL eligible. Um, he's someone who's coming off a strong year as well. What, do you, what yeah. do you see from him? You know, I would put him in the A because he's a very physical player. He'll make open ice hits, and he's a really good skater. I, I feel like for whatever reason, I don't know why he dropped to the Islanders, but it was a heck of a pickup. He does have some offense in his game, so he could be maybe like a 30-point guy at the NHL level, but but again, he skates well, he hits. I, I would put him in the A because I, I don't worry about his physical side, and I think that's a good way to sort of gauge him and see where that physical side takes him against men. And lastly, uh, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom, the, the other number one pick last year, he had a very, very uh, difficult freshman season. He left, he signed the ELC, he went to Bridgeport, and he, he had a very, very solid about five or six games in a regular season, played very well in their first-round loss to Hershey. What do you, I, I don't think he really has a chance next year to make the team, but how, how do you like his progression at the end of the last year? Well, I mean, yeah, he, he really did look shaky when I saw him, like, at the bean pod, and I, I, I think the problem was he wasn't playing um, a full 200-foot game. His skating's great, his shot's great, but that other part is a big deal in college hockey and he just you know it, it just wasn't happening for him so I think I think now the development side will be better he doesn't have to worry about school I, I think all those things lay in his favor and because he does have the size he is a strong kid a very strong kid so I think this is a good way to, to really bring him along because yeah it just it wasn't good in college it just didn't work out now, Russ, before we let you go, um, with the draft coming up uh, the 19th, tell everyone where we can hear you and listen to you and find you that weekend because I know you're going to be all over the place. Yeah, so I'll be in Vancouver. I'll be on um, Sirius XM 91 on the draft show probably before and after the draft. And then um, I'll be writing stuff for sportsology.com. I'm going to put a couple articles on uh, eliteprospects.com, EP Ringside it's called. And then who knows else, you know, other stuff may come up, but that, that's all I know for the moment. Russ, thanks for a few minutes tonight, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Noel. Thanks, Dan.